welcome to episode 219 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I am your host, Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd, just as long as you don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> oh, God. And uh, as such uh, things have been said in the past, we are a part of the Dorkening Network, and we are therefore brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. But I'm not doing this by myself. God, I wish you were. Oh, no. No, there is There's so much more. I am joined by the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Queen of the Monsters, and an Honorary Lizzie, also a special guest on a new show that you'll get to hear tomorrow. Not only special guest, more like a frequent commentator. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. Well, I mean, technically we all were because... <laughs> actually, we were all first time callers, not long time listeners. But it's Ashes Von Nightmare. Or right. Slashes Von Nightmare, the Ice Queen. Yes. More about that later. Yes. Uh, but today... Uh, we have the sad duty to, uh, I'm sure, in what is a, a cavalcade of uh, podcasts covering a very similar topic, uh, we are going to be discussing uh, Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Now, I know we could, we did a, a Black Panther episode uh, a couple of years ago with uh, Old Man Wade and uh, Ian from Amalgamania. But uh, that was before the movie came out. None of us had really seen it. We weren't overly familiar with anything. Yeah, up until that point, the only cinematic universe exposure that we had to Black Panther was from Captain America's Civil War. Which was 2016. So that discussion was predominantly uh, based upon the comic books. Yes. Yeah, because we talk a lot about his uh, father, T'Chaka, which... Uh, we did get to see a little bit of their interaction, very little bit, at the beginning of Civil War. That's kind of like the whole inciting incident is uh, his assassination and T'Challa's rise to power. But, uh, yeah, um, with the very sad, unfortunate news of Chadwick Boseman passing at 43 years old, um, that dude made seven movies while in, in the the grip of one of the worst diseases that has ever befallen mankind. And what's crazy is nobody knew. I'm sure, you know, obviously he knew, his doctors knew, I'm sure his immediate friends, family, you know, those who were uh, important to him knew. But it's almost like he didn't want to put that burden on anybody else. Not only that, like, I think he uh, he expected to beat it. Like, there was an interview he did where he said, um, he said, you know, this is going to be, because uh, they, were, they were asking him about, um, you know, there's a couple of different roles he was doing where he, like, slimmed up, uh, slimmed down, bulked up, slimmed down, bulked up, and people were asking about it, you know, between Black Panther and, and Marshall, uh, the Thurgood Marshall movie. People were asking him, like, oh, you know, is that, you know, are you doing that like, you know, Christian Bale did, you know, mm -hmm. for, you know, the fighter and Batman and, and uh, the machinist. <clears throat> and he's like, oh, man, you don't even know. Like, you know, I'm going to have a story to tell someday. 
you know. Yeah. Well, he was diagnosed, I believe it was back in 2016, with stage three colon cancer. And stage three is something that you can, I mean, the odds aren't super great, but you can beat it. And I feel like he had the kind of attitude that would definitely go along with somebody who would not give up. Yeah, and just to think about the stuff that he did, like I, I have some of the music you're going to hear is off of the, um, you know, the stuff that we, uh, when we come back from break, it's from the um, the Black Panther soundtrack, obviously, and uh, some of the songs I thought I picked were very... Um, very appropriate, uh, like the waterfall fight, uh, the you know the the final fight against Killmonger, and then there's uh, the final song is called uh, R.I.P. King. It's kind of like a remix of the uh, the Black Panther theme with like a tribute to him, and you know it's. Anyways, it's uh, it was really sad, and I hadn't even I didn't know because Friday I was doing my live show that just dropped. Um, Actually, we're recording this Wednesday, so it dropped today on uh, Shark Bites that was over four hours, and I had no idea. Like, I hadn't heard, um, and Ashes told me, and I was just, like, floored. Like, I had no idea that, uh, he, I mean, like most of us, like even the people that were close to him in the, the cinematic world, like, nobody knew. Nobody knew that this guy who had been spending all this time at you know children's hospitals and you know encouraging kids to fight was himself going through you know uh, rigorous cancer treatments and we know people who have gone through cancer treatments and chemo is no fucking joke and this dude is filming action scenes and fight sequences and and doing all these crazy stunts mm -hmm. while on chemo like some people can't even move because they're so sick and he was able to you know, overcome all of that, and you you had no idea. Like, he didn't carry himself. Well, I think that's, you know, one of the things that kind of was his the, the driving force behind him, you know, being able to get up each day and, you know, almost like gave him something to live for, something to look forward to, you know, was filming these movies being able to be Black Panther, being able to, you know, to, to show up for his friends, his family, his co-stars to be, you know, this this symbol for this movement that's currently happening. You know, I can't speak for for everyone, obviously, but, you know, for for me hearing this, I was I was floored. And, you know, celebrity deaths are it's kind of a weird thing, you know. We don't know these people, but we kind of feel like we do in a sense. You know, I think especially actors and musicians who leave a piece of themselves in, you know, every piece of music that they play, or, you know, every lyric that they write, you know, for actors, every every role. And you could tell that Chadwick Boseman had a, a spiritual conne connection with the Black Panther role. Like, it, there was something... It meant a lot to him. And I think he didn't want to... I'm trying to think of, of, of the the best way. He the wanted most... to live up to the role and, and 
be true. He wanted to be known as Black Panther. He didn't want to be known as the cancer patient. Yes. Like he wanted to, he wanted people to, you know, you know, he wanted to be treated as a person. He didn't want to be treated as a sick person. And you hear that a lot from some, you know, uh, people who are dealing with different illnesses and ailments and, you know, what have you, that they don't want to be treated like the the illness that they have. They want to be treated as like a, like a person. They don't want to be defined by it. Right. Exactly. And I think that, you know, he wanted to de- to be defined as, you know, what he brought to the table, both, you know, in a from an actor standpoint, you know, he wanted to be known for his professionalism, for getting along with his co-stars, mm-hmm. for showing up for, you know, his his methods and for his. Oh God! What's what's the word that I'm looking for? Like his demeanor, his um, his attitude, his yeah. right, like his his attitude, his um, you know, like work ethic. That's a good word. That's what mm-hmm. I'm looking for. He wants to be known for his work ethic, and not for you know. Well, I think the other thing is he wanted to. He understood the cultural impact that this character was having. Um, you know, he understood what it meant for young black children to be able to look up on the screen and see a superhero. You know, like, you know, like, oh, that, you know, that character looks like me. Like, and that's, you know, that's one of the things we talked about with Ian and Old Man it's Wade. Like he didn't want, you know, this diagnosis, this illness to overshadow what Black Panther means to people. Right, because he was aware of, of the cultural impact and right. you know he didn't want anything, even his own health, to kind of overshadow that. And I think now that we know the truth, like I think that just really exemplifies uh, who he was and you know really helps put out his message that, hey, you know, you know I, this was bigger than me. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I first heard it, I thought it was some cruel joke. Yeah, I, I've talked to a couple people that were like, "Yeah, that's you know, he didn't like it's die. A, it's a hoax. Like it, it's it's somebody playing a really cruel prank, and this this can't be true because obviously we were to would have heard of something, right? I'm like this guy does not look. You know, have you seen him? He did not look like he had stage three cancer. And then like you realize that you know you look at some of the roles he has, and then you start piecing together some of the things that he had in interviews and some of the things that people were saying on social media. Like people were like. Oh, look at this guy. He's not even taking his job seriously. Like, he's not in shape. Like, he's not going to be ready for Black Panther 2. And, you know, you kind of wonder how much, um, how aware Disney was uh, because they have to, you know, craft their their storylines. And, you know, obviously all the different movies that they put out all are kind of woven into the same tapestry. So before we get into, like, the 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 bigger discussion uh after we take our break i kind of want to discuss unless you want to wait till after break to talk about this where do we think that this is going to go i don't think that's a conversation that should be had right now okay i know a lot of people are talking about it i know there's a lot of hearsay and rumors and i think it's really disrespectful i think it's really completely utterly disrespectful to be having these conversations less than a week after hearing of his passing. 
I mean, it's natural, I think, because, you know, I, I definitely get where you're coming from. But I also... Because he was... He was more than just, like, it's... No, I understand. But, like, what I was saying with with the role that he played, how important it was culturally, I think what some folks are concerned with is, are they going to recast this? Are they going to, you know, how are they going to honor his memory in the new film? Like, what are they going to do? Like, I, I do think that recasting T'Challa... Because obviously, you know, Black Panther is a mantle. Yes. You know, plenty of people have been Black, the Black Panther and more people. T'Chaka, Shuri. Yeah. You know, more people will be the Black Panther. But recasting T'Challa is... is, I think it would be a mistake. It's it's uncalled for. Well, that's kind of what I wanted to... It can't happen. Get your your thoughts on it. It's not like... The from the first Iron Man film to the second, when Forrest Whitaker decided, no, no not Forrest. Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Forrest Whitaker was in Black Panther. Right. Um, I always get those two mixed up for some reason. One's definitely a better actor than the other. They have similar sounding. Like it's not like you know Steve Jones. It's like. You know, Terrence Howard, Forrest Whitaker, like they they have like that it's same a, cadence it's, to their it's name. It's a it's a Ray Liotta Roblo thing. Oh my god! It really is. But but anyways, uh, it's it's not like the recasting of Terrence Howard from the first Iron Man film to the second to John Don because Chino. of you know differences between the actor and the production company and everything else. Well, like that's say- it, it wasn't. It's it's not like it's politics. It's you know, something completely different. Well, you know, like you touched on before, Black Panther is a mantle. Like you can recast, uh, you know, like in Thor, they recast some of the Warriors 3. Like you can do that because, you know, A, they're minor characters, and B, you know, it's not like you can pass on who that is. Like the same with uh, Terrence Howard and, and Don Cheadle. Like War Machine is a character. It is James Rhodes. With... Black Panther, you know, it's like Batman has been multiple characters. He's been Terry McGinnis. He's been Bruce Wayne. He's been Damian Wayne. He's been uh, Dick Grayson. Like, lots of different people have taken on the Batman mantle. But, you know, if you're going... Like you said, you can't recast T'Challa. Like, you can cast, you know... You could pass the mantle on to another character. You You can have another Black Panther, but you... I think in this case, you can't have another T'Challa. Although, I mean, if it was me, if, you know, he hadn't already been in it, I would have been like, man, Michael B. Jordan could pick this mantle up and, and play T'Challa. But obviously not because he was great as Killmonger. But, I mean, it is, you know, we'll find out eventually what's going to happen. Right, because they, a, a second film has been greenlit, was greenlit a while ago. Yeah. You know, so so something is going to happen eventually. I just think it's a really inappropriate conversation to be having right now. Like, how are we going to replace him? Like, yeah, Right, no, I you know, you. And, and there have been some really bonker conspiracy theories. Ryan and, Gosling, get the you know, fuck out of here. Um, people posting things and stuff, and it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's just rude. 
Like, it's so incredibly rude. People are, you know, oh, he, he passed. That's so sad. Blah, 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 blah. So who's going to play back Black Panther? It's like, you, you guys, like. It, yeah. It's very, it's very tactless. It's, it's unclassy. It's, you know. I mean, I can understand. He stood it. for so much encompassing right. this character as T'Challa, as the Black Panther. You know, like, let's, let's. Let's give him the proper send off that he deserves. Let's let's honor this character, not sit there and, and, and treat him like a freaking, you know, dollar menu at McDonald's. You know, OK, no, what's next? I, but here's you know? the thing, because he had that huge cultural impact and he did so well with that character and that character meant so much. There's a lot of people who are concerned, like, what are they going to do? Like, they're not necessarily like, well, I think they should do this or this, but it's like, what are they going to do? What will Disney do? Like, and they're kind of concerned because, you know, in addition to the climate of the, you know, I won't say the world because it's just this country, but, you know, the climate in which we're living, there's definitely a uh, a sense that you know, certain folks are being marginalized and, you know, they don't want to see that happen to their character. Although I don't think that would happen. I mean, Ryan Coogler is a very good director and uh, he had a lot of control over what happened in that film. I just think that that's, that's a concern people have. Like, there are those people that are like, like you were saying, that are very disrespectful, just saying, oh, well, who's going to be next? Like, what are we going to do? Like, you know... You know, we should cast Ryan Gosling. Like, I seriously saw people on social media saying Ryan Gosling should be the next Black Panther. And it's just like, just fuck off with that. But the folks who were legitimately concerned as to, like, you know, this was their hero growing up. Like, this is their favorite. They're finally seeing him on screen. And this actor did such a great job. And it's like, what's going to happen? So I can, I definitely see both sides on, on this particular issue. Because there is legitimate genuine concern but um yeah it's i i definitely see where you're coming from like the stuff that we've seen it's just it's just so like it's sad in like the pathetic way you know this whole situation is just absolutely terrible and my heart goes out to his his loved ones because that's just it's it sucks losing a loved one it does. Like, I mean, I'm sure, you know, everyone can kind of attest to that at this point. You know, it, it really hurts losing someone you care about. And like I said, it's, it's, it's weird because, you know, he was almost viewed as, I'm going to say almost godlike. I wouldn't say he was deified, but he was definitely put up on a pedestal and definitely even more so because I don't think people really gave him the credit he deserved like he was awesome as Jackie Robinson like he was so good see unfortunately the only films I've seen him in are the MCU films so this is making me want to go and and revisit because he is such a good actor he did a great job especially with some of the more dramatic scenes in yes. Black Panther, you yeah, know, and in uh, like Infinity War and Endgame, um, 
well, fuck, and Civil War, now that I'm thinking about it, the scene where he, you know, loses his dad, mm -hmm. um, you know, that that's how we're introduced to this character. And it's just, it's it's such an impactful scene, but he was able to bring this, this, this gravity to everything. Yeah, he he's definitely going to be an actor that um, is irreplaceable. And, you know, I think the films are going to be uh, lesser for it. But, I mean, I don't know. I think this is a good place to kind of take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk more about Black Panther and, and Chadwick's uh, performance and that. So we will be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hey everybody, we are the Derailers, Goobs, Ripkin, and Jenny Bean, and you can join us once every week for a brand new derailment. It includes sidetracking, randomness, we just can't stay on topic. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Derailers. And please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. Derailers! So that was uh, obviously from Black Panther, the film, like I said it was going to be. Uh, we're going to have a little bit more music after this break and at the end of the show. So, uh, you know, just our way of kind of paying tribute to uh, to Chadwick's iconic character. So we talked before about Black Panther in the comic books, and so I want to talk a little bit more about him in uh, in the film. So, Ashes, when we first did that show, you hadn't been familiar with Black Panther really at all, other than no. Civil War. Correct. So, what was your your initial impression seeing uh, this character who was essentially on par with, uh, as far as his powers and skill set, with Captain America? So, I want to start off by saying I was in awe of this film. You know, it had been hyped up and it lived up to the hype and it still lives up to the hype. It is my favorite non-Avengers MCU film. Yeah, like, I remember seeing it and thinking, like, man, this was so fucking um, good. I think Thor Ragnarok is a close second. Yeah, yeah. that's Because that was a lot of fun. We're also big Taika Waititi fans. Correct. So. His his humor just just resonates with me on a on a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I just everything about this film, 
I loved. And like I said, I, I can't speak for some people. I can only speak for myself. But I felt so empowered walking out of the movie theater seeing this because of the way that the women were portrayed. Fucking Shuri, man. Shuri is one of my favorite MCU Letitia Wright characters. Like so I love her. The way that she gives her big brother hell for wearing shoe open toed shoes into in her lab. lab. Mm-hmm. Like I fucking love that. It makes me laugh. It warms my heart. Like she is just so smart. And instead of being like, no, you're you're a woman. You shouldn't be that smart. They're like, yes, our women are smart and they're brave. They have an entire army Dora of Milaje. women. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fantastic. They embrace femininity. They embrace that, you know, being a woman has layers. You don't have to be this fragile damsel in distress. You can work it. You can own it. You can you can be so many different things. And, you know, it, it was just, it was stunning. Wakanda is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the cultural aspect, I think, is just absolutely beautiful. I think I've mentioned before on this show that... Um, I'm part Native American, uh, Abenaki tribe of the Northeast, and I don't know much about it, or I should say I didn't know much about it. And as a as an adult, I'm kind of delving a little bit more into my heritage and just trying to learn more about where I come from, who I am, and the culture is beautiful, you know, and, and the customs are, are are beautiful, and so I I really appreciate other uh cultures you know especially and, when they're... and especially when they're portrayed really well so obviously it was a nod to you know the different tribes of africa and you know i just thought it was so well done yeah and the the casting was you know it was a great showcase of diversity i love the uh the things that were going around like the memes that were going around because they had uh, Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis. And because yeah. they were in Lord of the Rings, they the were the Tolkien white guys. guys. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but I liked the fact that, you know, when we see Ross interacting with M'Baku, he is treated very similarly to the way uh you know black folks are treated in a lot of films it's like you just need to sit there don't talk we don't need to hear anything from you if you speak again i'll feed you to my children like just kidding we're vegetarians Mm -hmm. like that was a great line (laughs) but you know the fact that they kept referring to them referring to the kept calling them colonizer Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah yeah like that Mm -hmm. was good like it's not it's absolutely true, but it's not like in your face overt, but like there were specific groups that that was uh, definitely going to impact one way or another. Uh, I thought it was great because, I mean, it's true. I loved uh, Killmonger's character. I loved the fact that they made. You know, because you can see both sides of the say, argument. There, there really wasn't a, I don't, a villain. I don't call him a villain. I don't. Yes, he I killed mean, Claw people. was a villain. Yeah, Claw was a dick. 
But I meant like, well, like you know, Killmonger with, wasn't the villain in this story. He wanted. He grew up differently. It was definitely a class struggle. Um, and can we talk for a second about how fucking good Sterling K. Brown was as uh, uh, Nujobu, like uh, Killmonger's mm-hmm. father? Oh. Like, it was such a small role, but Sterling K. Brown is such a good fucking actor. I mean, he's good in everything he does. Even The Predator, like, he was good in that. Like... I was say, if if you haven't seen American Crime Story, The People versus O.J. Simpson, you need to. He is uh, just fantastic. But, I mean, you know, just to quickly run down... Like that, you had Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o, Denai Guerrero, Martin Freeman, Daniel Kaluuya, Letitia Wright, Winston Duke, Sterling K. Brown, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, Andy Serkis, and on and on and on. Like, goddamn, what a cast! Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> and you know, you never thought like, oh, well, this person should get a little more, a little more screen time, or that person, you know, maybe you know they kind of got shortchanged. Everybody was you know featured fairly prominently and i think that's something that they did better and better as uh the marvel films went along and they started packing more and more stars into them well and like the fact that they gave a lot of these characters depth they didn't just stick to oh well your character is this and that's it your 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 character possess possesses this one trait and that's it so let's just take shuri for example she's smart and in a lot of other films it'd be like well you're the smart one that's it you're just you're just the smart one but like she was funny she was smart she was funny she was was badass badass. like she could hold her own fighting the bad guys same thing with lupita nyong'o as uh, nakia like you know we're introduced to her liberating women yeah, that undercover being, yeah. yeah that liber- liberating women that are being trafficked and the only reason why t'challa and uh and um okoye show up i should remember that because that's also the cat names mm-hmm. uh our, our buddy el goro and 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 wiley uh adopted two black cats and they are t'challa and okoye it was one one's male one's female and i just thought that was that was fantastic but you know they o- the only reason they show up is because it's you know the funeral uh for uh, king tachaka mm-hmm. and then you know they have the the ritual combat they have like that's probably one of shuri's funniest moments when they're like if it, does any member of the royal family wish to challenge and she, she raises, raises her, her hand, hand and everyone looks and she's like can we hurry this up cuz i have to get out of this corset <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's great, and you have these powerhouse actors like Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, Lupita, Oscar winner Lupita Nyong'o, mm-hmm. and then, you know, obviously Michael B. G., you haven't seen Creed yet, but fuck, he's so good in oh, that. Oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm aware of, yeah. of who Michael B. Jordan is. Right. Hey, auntie. But he... They, all these folks are so good, are so good, and they're able to coexist. Like Daniel Kaluuya and Winston Duke, you know, Daniel Kaluuya I didn't really know uh, prior to this, but I've seen him in 
Black Mirror, and he was excellent. Same with Letitia Wright. Like, that's where we knew mm-hmm. her from before uh, this movie. She was in an episode of, uh, like, one of the last episodes, the, the season Museum finale. Yes. Episode. Uh, it was, like, the season finale, like, season two or season three or whatever. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But, um, you know, Daniel Kaluuya. He was in one of the first episodes of Black Mirror. He was. But that's not where most people know him from. Well, most from people know Get him. Out. Yes, because of how good he was in that. You know, Michael B. Jordan has done a ton of different stuff. Um, obviously, Denai Guerrero from Walking Dead. Um, I mean, and she's a badass as Michonne. So her getting cast in this role, it was just, it was undeniable. We're like, just that, that's a perfect, just perfect casting decision. You know, I will say the Michonne would have zero chance against Okoye. Oh no, absolutely not. No, no. Um, but they wouldn't battle; they would team up. No, they would be friends. Right. They would absolutely be friends. But she's Okoye is just so awesome. Like even um, the character, I believe it's uh, Ayo Ayo. I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, and I don't want to do it wrong. But uh, Florence Kasumba, who was in. Um, um, the Civil War. She was the uh, the Dora Milaje guard who was with T'Challa, uh, who mm-hmm. kind of confronted. Um, I was going to call her Natalie Portman, uh, Scarlett Johansson's Natasha Romanoff, mm-hmm. uh, Black Widow, and she's like, "Move, or you will be moved." And T'Challa's like, "As entertaining as that would be, like she she was featured." You know, fairly prominently, she was, you know, up at the head of the Dora Milaje, right with uh, uh, Okoye. Like, she's super badass. And, like, I didn't know her from anything um, other than uh, she had a small role in Wonder Woman. And she ended up being in the uh, uh, Lion King remake. But back to Black Panther seeing this in the theater like i'm so glad we decided to my only issue that i had with this was that it spawned so many where's the white panther movie oh god it's like i'm like oh i'm sorry is batman superman daredevil uh more batman green lantern more superman more batman captain america iron man all of the, the other Hulk. 99 million bajillion superheroes, Thor. is that not enough for you? Like, is that not, a, like, it's like, oh, no, we want all of the superheroes. We can't have, like, there's Spider-Man, like, and there's a... Um, you imagine how boring it would be if there was no diversity in our superheroes? Well, I mean... It was fairly boring for a long time. Like, why do you think so many of these movies didn't do well? Like, they haven't been able to make a Fantastic Four movie. Even when they added diversity, Michael B. Jordan, you know, as as uh, Johnny Storm, who was also played by Chris Evans. Um, you know, when you try to just... You have to have uh, depth to your characters, and when you don't have that... Um, that's a problem. And I think Ryan Coogler as the director did a masterful job of, uh, of getting everything he could out of, uh, out of these folks. And I think 
one of the, the, the biggest opportunities that everybody saw in this film was, okay, you know, we know what kind of, you know, uh, uh, blowback we're going to get from, from Marvel fans. You know, we know how fickle and trolly these, uh, you know, comic book people can be. Mm-hmm. Like... Nick Fury is black now. Why is Nick Fury black? I don't like that. Why is he black? What's a bit? Just stop. You know, like because he's Samuel L. Jackson, motherfucker. That's what the L stands for. The L stands for motherfucker. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of blowback on that, but there wasn't a Samuel L. Jackson led Nick Fury film. So maybe they, you know, they had a little bit of that. And I'm glad they didn't put him in this movie it would have been out of place yeah he would not have fit like he it was telling the story of of t'challa and wakanda you know at that point it's his family right like it it was giving you the story that you needed in order to connect civil war with the rest of the upcoming mcu and at the same time, for folks who aren't uh, familiar with this character, um, gives you a little bit of background. Because to be honest, you know, who are the character like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, if you ask someone, name your name, name 10 superheroes, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Hulk, Wonder Woman. That would be about it. But they needed this film because they needed you to care about this character. And up until this point, all of the other characters had been introduced. They had been around for a couple of films. You know, you were invested in them. Right. You knew who Bucky was. You knew who Sam was. Right. So it's like they needed to introduce this character and then lay out the groundwork for this character to make you care about this character, mm-hmm. you know, for what was to come in Infinity War and, and Endgame. You know, if they had just introduced him, you met him in Civil War, and then he just showed up again, you know, in Infinity War, you wouldn't have had that connection. And I think that is one of the many reasons why this film is so important. And one of the many reasons why this film is my favorite of the, well, so I'll call it, is it right to call it a standalone film? Like, I mean, I know it's going to have more films. It's, but it's like, part of the it's, Infinity Saga, but it's an origin film. Right. You know, like the Iron, Iron Man, Man 1 is Thor, an origin film. Thor Hulk, is an origin film. You know, like, it, it's my favorite origin film of the MCU. Right. Like, you, there are there are the, uh, the origin films, you know, so the first Captain America, the first Thor, the first Iron Man. You know, they all got their their trilogies. Mm-hmm. Although, to be fair, the Captain America trilogies were more because Civil War also introduced Ant Man. Like, you got Ant Man, you got Spider Man, you got uh, I mean, people are familiar with Spider Man, but and you got Black Panther. Like everybody knew who everyone else was. Like you already knew who uh, who Scarlet Witch was. You knew who Vision was because of Avengers Two. Um, that's why I think, you know, what you were touching on, like getting to care about this character, those who got dusted, like if you hadn't seen him in, in, 
you know, his own film. Like, that's why I think they had to make Vision's death so graphic with Thanos just ripping the stone out of his forehead because Vision didn't get his own movie. He probably had the lowest amount of screen time out of anyone else. Like, even Hawkeye had more of an impact because think about it, and Jeremy, Jeremy Renner has said this in interviews, it was first... First battle with no Hawkeye, the Avengers lose. I'm clearly the most important Avenger. I mean... I, I, not wrong. I mean, is that not exactly what happened? Um, but I think this, you know, seeing Black Panther and seeing what he could do and then seeing him matched up with uh, Captain America... Well, it's like that scene in mm-hmm. in Infinity War when they both like the, the the two armies are running towards each other and the two of them just are sprinting ahead of everyone else. It's like we know he's this you know super enhanced uh, super soldier, and we know T'Challa's you know pretty badass even without his uh, heart shaped herb. But look how fucking fast he goes! Like that's pretty impressive. Like he, they are neck and neck sprinting and we saw Captain America catch a car. Oh, we also saw Black Panther catch a car. Mm-hmm. I think that um and this this might be in the notes that you took. They were it was almost like they were putting him on equal footing with Cap so he could eventually lead. Yes. Because you know, I know he gave, you know, his shield away to you know, he grew old, he lived the life he wanted to live, and he gave his shield to Sam. But, I mean, natural progression, who's going to lead this group? It's T'Challa. Tony's gone. You know, Cap is gone. I mean, who who else is there? Rhodey? Well, I mean, I think they were, a lot of people speculated that they were going to set it up for him to pass the shield off to Captain Marvel. Mm. She doesn't need a shield. But, well, I mean, like the... The mantle of Captain America. Yes, like the the leadership role. But I feel like it makes more sense to, you know, pass it to somebody else. Yeah, and right now, do you know who uh, is Captain America? At least last time I, I saw a thing. Do you know who Captain America is right now? No. Uh... Luke Cage and Jessica Jones' daughter is Captain really? America. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. So, um, I mean, that might not be 100% accurate, and it might have been one of those, like, Elseworlds or... or There's thing, a lot of I universes. S- I saw somebody post it, and I was like, you know, she was... I think it was Old Man Wade, and she said something to the bad guys like, oh, I don't need this shield. You know, I'm already bulletproof. Like, I'm using it as a weapon, not as a shield or something like that. And she proceeded to kick the shit out of everybody because she's got both of her parents super... Like, she didn't need the super soldier serum because she inherited super strength and super durability from her parents. So, but uh, I digress. But, yeah, I, I would have thought that, you know, that uh, that T'Challa would be the natural leader. It w- I would look at it as, you know, if I'm going to rank the remaining members of the team, you know, definitely not Hawkeye, who went off the fucking deep end, became Ronan, and just started slaughtering people around the globe. Um, 
maybe Sam, because Sam has a, a similar backstory. Not Bucky, because, you know, we all know Bucky could be reactivated as the Winter Soldier. Bucky with the good hair. Rebecca. Um, not the Hulk, because, again, same type of thing. Thor's off with the Guardians. Um, Captain Marvel is, you know, an interplanetary, intergalactic protector. So it's not just Earth. It's, you know, she, she feels more at home with... Uh, uh, the Kree and the Skrulls and and those folks and you know um, we're probably going to see the Nova Corps at some point. Shuri is too young and hasn't had that mantle of leadership yet. The only one maybe Doctor Strange, but he's too busy dealing with extra dimensional threats. Mm-hmm. So the only one who is grounded enough has the experience, the resources, you know, like Tony did, because Tony was essentially the leader. It was either Tony or, or Cap. Uh, Tony was the, the, the brains and the, the tech guy, you know, and the, the bank role. In the party. Yes. And Cap was, you know, I'm the tactician, like in the battlefield. He's the leader. He was also the strength, too, because Tony Stark does not have this strength. No. Tony Stark as Iron Man does. Yes, he's a different character as Iron Man, but... But, I mean, like, Steve Rogers is Captain America. Steve Rogers has the ability... Captain America ability is 24-7. Right, with that, you know, as we saw in The Avengers, take off the suit and what and what are you, you know... Genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. And it's like, yeah, okay. I mean, Cap without a shield is still Cap. I mean, he's not as effective without the shield, I don't think, because he can be shot and killed. But he is, or he was, the, I mean, as we saw him fighting Thanos with Thor's hammer, which still, still... Any time I've seen it three or four times, and every time it's just like <sighs> chills, and you know that perseverance, that willingness to, like he said in his first film, you know, lay across the wire and and let everybody climb over you. You know, the willingness to throw himself on the grenade. All of those things that we saw, T'Challa did mm-hmm. in Black Panther. He literally threw himself on top of a grenade. Granted, it's a lot easier if you know you're not going to be hurt. But all those all those things that were embodied in Captain America, you know, like he was getting the shit kicked out of him by like 30 dudes. But he saw uh, Shuri and, and Nakia were in trouble uh, and fought through it and continued to, to mm-hmm. you know, go after Killmonger. In a way where, like, they fell hundreds of feet. But again, if you know you're not going to be hurt, it's a little different. So one of the things I really enjoyed was he was, when he was introduced into the MCU, he was introduced as Black Panther because that mantle had already been bestowed upon him. But... No. When he was first introduced... Well, I mean, but he wore the Black Panther suit. Like, he right. was Black Panther. He was in that movie because his father had died. But in the when he was first introduced, he was... It was Prince T'Challa and King T'Chaka. Like, 
he doesn't don the Black Panther. And if you're going into this not knowing who Black Panther is, you have no clue who these guys are. And then we do see him. Well, I was going to say, though, I really enjoyed the beginning of this film going into the whole... um, Civil War? No, not Civil War. Black Panther. Oh, oh, Um, oh. Going into the whole... Like, uh, trying to think of the right word. I'm tired. Um, like this, this whole ritual. This, this. It, it's a rites. It's a rites of passage type thing. Yes. You know, like you, you. It's it's passed on to you, but you also have to earn it. Like he already, and that's like the weird thing about that, that ritual is like he had the powers of the Black Panther, and then and then they had it taken away. And then they gave it back. But I guess, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Like, if the king, <clears throat> before the coronation ceremony, if the king is unable to fulfill his duties, say he's sick, you know, or in this case, he, he passes on, like, it would pass to whoever the next well, in line I is. think it's kind of great, you know, for the the leadership role, because not only are you born into it, you know, almost like a, a, a monarchy type thing, but the people choose you as well. So the people have the opportunity, the people who you, you know, reign over, for lack of better words, um, have the opportunity to send their toughest fighter. Their champion. To, to potentially best you. Yes. And, and the fact and that. If they, if they do, if they win, you lose that. You, you, you lose the kingship. You lose yeah, the title. Yeah, it's whoever the, the beats Black you. Panther. You know, so it's a matter of, you know, not only is this something that is passed on you because of lineage, but, you know, and, and, and genetics and whatnot, but like the people choose you. It's given to you, but you also have to, you have to earn it and hold on to it. And the fact that none of the other tribes wished to put a, put forth a champion. Well, except for one. Right, but what I'm saying is, like, the the tribes that he had contact with, like, you know, you learn about the Jabari that go off, and they don't have the tech and the the uh, the advancements that all the other tribes do because the, the Jabari kind of broke off and live in, you know, their mountainous region mm-hmm. there. They're the only ones that have put forth a challenge because they're the only ones who don't live under the same type of, like, T'Challa is not... He's king of Wakanda, but, like, the Jabari are separate. It's like you can be, you know, you know, you can be president of Italy or whatever, but you don't speak for Vatican City, you know, because right. that's its own thing. Um, I know that's not a great analogy, but... but no, I mean, it makes, it makes sense. It's like their own little entity. Like, this is our territory. This is, you know, you guys have your tech. It's like they're... Uh, Winterfell, kind of yes. Where it's like there's a six. Mbaku is the queen of the north. Uh, I wouldn't say queen of the north. Mbaku is. Uh, Mbaku is the queen in the north. Known as uh, uh, man ape, in uh, in uh, the comics, but yeah, it's it's a very rich, uh, strong story that's full of like so much different symbolism. And, you know, T'Challa is one of those characters that realized, you know, what he went through as a kid and what he 
what he was raised to believe. And when Killmonger shows up, his cousin, when Killmonger shows up, finds out that T'Chaka killed Nujobu and or Injobu. I probably ruining that pronunciation, and I apologize. Um, and everything that he was told, and it's like, why did you leave this kid, you know, to grow up? Like, and mm-hmm. that tends to be, you know, the story of most superheroes is the hero creates his own villain. In this case, it wasn't the hero. It was, you know, his father. So now you have both of these kids are paying for the sins of their father. Right. And, you know, it's it's it was very reminiscent of the cli- the cultural climate at the time in this country and what continues to be the cultural climate in this country where we have a leader that comes in, starts doing things that are totally unorthodox, comes in and says, well, this is how we're going to do it. And I have all these people that follow me and, you know, the people who who grew up in the traditional way are saying, all right, but, you know, we still have to do this. And it's like, no, I'm in charge now. We're not doing it that way anymore. One of the things I really liked about the character of T'Challa and the way that Chadwick Boseman portrayed T'Challa is the humility that this character has. This character is flawed, and this character recognizes his flaws. He doesn't, you know, portray, paint himself to be perfect like some of these other superheroes do. You know, he respects those around him. He respects the fact that other people have things to add to the conversation. Other people have things to add to, you know, make Wakanda great, make, you know, the surroundings like everyone does something like you are important right you are an important part of you know this culture that we've created here and he is willing to look at the bigger picture you know being able to to say and you see like oh you know my father was wrong to do this my father was wrong to handle himself in in this way. You know, our ancestors were wrong to cut us off from the rest of the world. When we could have helped. Right, when we could have helped. Here's my chance to rectify that, to make, make right, to do some good in the world. You know, still protect Wakanda, but, you know, come forth with all of these you know, technologies and goods that Wakanda can supply to make the world a better place. Right. He he got a chance to confront his father about, like, why didn't you tell me about this? You know, when he's in the, the astral plane or the, the, the spiritual realm. Which I thought I, that whole thing was just so well done. And it looked amazing. You know, but I just thought that those were really special scenes. And... You know, he found a compromise because he knew that while Killmonger's ideas were extreme, there was a level of, you know, he's kind of right where he can 
use the resources that Wakanda has not to supply the world with weapons because you see what happens when you give anybody weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, humans, especially white humans, are always trying to find new and interesting ways to kill each other. But the world with the technology. Well, not Wakanda even the technology. And the resources. Well, no, what I was saying was he was he took over the condemned buildings where mm-hmm. his father killed his uncle. And he's like, I bought this building and this building and this building. And I'm taking my money and I'm going to help young black kids... You know, not in the way that Killmonger was by giving everybody guns and having everyone shoot each other and kill each other because that's not going to fix anything. But, you know, uh, investing in education, investing Mm -hmm. in outreach programs, you know, um, still kind of keeping the anonymity of uh, of Wakanda, you know, like not letting you know, like we're super advanced. um, but keeping that anonymity there because, you know, you saw when, you know, in, in Infinity War, people show up in the country and they're like, holy shit, like we had no clue about any of this, even though it's years after after the events of Black Panther. So he's doing it in a way that honors both the memory of his uncle and his cousin. You know, it. It, it it takes the best of both philosophies. It's kind of melting together the past, the present, in hopes of creating a better future all around. Right. It's like, okay, we have the ability to help people, but not by arming them, by, you know, helping them with, you know, medical procedures, you know, like mm-hmm. he, the, how they healed Ross's, you know, bullet wound to the spine in a day. It's like we can give you advanced medicines, we can give you this and that. You know, we're not going to give you weapons. You know, they have to be very careful with the tech that they do give because, you know, every tool is a weapon. You know, um, you know, you can kill somebody with a hammer. So you have to be very careful with what you do because it can, uh, you know, there's always somebody that's going to look to make money in the arms market. But because they have so much money and they have all these patents that they can apply mm-hmm. for and, and create, it's like we have all these different inventions. Now we can use that money to better educate and, and help, you know, you know, kids like Eric Killmonger who, because Killmonger and T'Challa were two sides of the same coin, you know, had Killmonger been able to go back home to Wakanda, had he been taken home that night? It would have, he, we would have had a different story. We wouldn't have the story we had. You know, we'd have, you know, uh, a very angry and upset uh, Eric Killmonger. But, you know, eventually we could have understood, you know, he, he could have kind of been, uh, I almost said indoctrinated, but like kind of shown the way of life. But then again, if had that happened, T'Challa never would have had his... Uh, moment of clarity and realized holy shit this guy is kind of right we can help Mm -hmm. our people who are oppressed all over the world why haven't we done that so chadwick boseman in uh well doing press and the tours and stuff for promoting this film he was on the daily show with trevor noah and they were having conversation and Chadwick Boseman said, I don't think there's a villain in this movie. I think you have two sides of the same coin. 
everybody is the hero in their own story. You should be the hero in your own story. And I think that that perfectly applies to, I mean, it perfectly applies to life, be a good person, but also, you know, this, this film, like, you know, Killmonger wasn't the bad guy. No, he, he had the right idea, but the way he was raised, what he saw growing up... He thought he was doing the right thing. The only thing he could do was like, okay, I have unlimited resources, we're going to take these weapons, and we are no longer going to be oppressed because we're going to fight back. Right, because he didn't realize there was a potential peaceful option. Well, it's like the old saying, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Right. It's my second hammer analogy in less than a minute. You're done. I had no intention of doing stop. that. Hammer time. Yes, I need to stop hammer time. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very interesting like those two characters are a very interesting dichotomy because you know here you have tradition versus violent upheaval and the mark of a good leader is being able to look at both sides, admit that, you know what? What I was doing wasn't working. What we've been doing isn't working. I was wrong. I'm going to take some input from other people and see if I can use that to make things better for everyone, not just do whatever I want and make things good for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, not that the, I'm referring to anything specific. But, uh, you know, when you're able to step back and think about the greater good, like, it might not benefit me specifically, and it's going to add a lot more pressure on me and make my life more difficult, but think of all the people it can help. And that's what we see from T'Challa. That's what we see from uh, Chadwick Boseman looking into you know, this character and sort of making you realize that, like, there's really some depth and some passion to his portrayal because he understands. Well, there's also a a, a sweetness to him as well and a softness that I don't think anybody else could have brought to this role. Yeah, uh, especially knowing playing, what he was going through. Playing it in such a way, um, you know, not trying to be this larger-than-life personality, but really take into, taking into consideration everything and everyone that's around him. You know, I, I don't think anybody else could have portrayed T'Challa in such a way. It would have taken... Uh someone who was a a very special actor. And, you know, we didn't even touch on the fact that the reason why uh, Chadwick Boseman was such a good actor is because he got to go to uh, school, uh, acting school in Oxford in England, all thanks to a mysterious private benefactor who turned out to be fucking Denzel Washington. So if I read the story correctly... There were, I believe, nine people who were accepted to this program who couldn't afford it, who couldn't afford to, 
you know, uh, they were accepted to this program, but could not afford to actually attend this program. And Denzel Washington was like, hey, I will pay for these nine people. And one of those people, one of those students was Chadwick Boseman. And he never knew about it, but like he eventually found out and made sure, I think it was at like an award show or something, publicly I, thanked him. Yeah, yeah, something something like that. They they did get to meet at some point, and, you know, I, I think that it's, uh, I really like it when people do good things and don't feel the need to shout it from the rooftop, rooftops, like, I'm doing this good thing, look at me do this good thing. Well, I mean, based on who Chadwick was, you know, the fact that he hid, like, if he's going to hide the bad stuff, he's also going to hide, you know, the good stuff. Well, I'm talking about Denzel well, paying I mean, for, you know, but at the same time, yeah. And I think that if, if we learn anything from this, it's to be kind. Be kind to everyone because you do not know what battles they are and, battling in, in private. And humility. Like, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, how how famous or... or I mean, there was a, a an Instagram post earlier tonight from Dwayne Johnson about he and his entire family have fucking COVID-19. So it doesn't matter who you are. Like, these things don't care. What matters is how folks are going to remember you. Like, people are going to think good things about Chadwick Boseman. They're going to look at him, you know doing all these uh, seven movies while battling stage four or stage three cancer. Like, I don't know how he was able to maintain muscle mass. I don't know how he was able to, you know, fight through uh, the intense chemotherapy treatments he was going through. But he did it. And not only that, again, you know, we we keep seeing all the pictures because this is something that a lot of these guys do. Uh, going to visit kids in the hospital, bringing them gifts. You know, these kids are going to remember that they were going through something, and he was going through it as well, but he wanted them, you know, because if he had said, "Guy, I, you know, I have stage three colon cancer, guys. I can't, I can't do this. I can't, you know, go visit these kids. Like, I feel terrible. I feel awful. Nobody would be like, oh, what a dick. But he did it anyways, you know, and he didn't complain. He didn't tell anybody. I'm sure he was exhausted by the time he got home. But he made sure to give these kids a little bit of, of, of hope and and a ray of sunshine in a cloudy day. I don't know. I couldn't use a hammer metaphor, so I had to come up with something else. How would you use a hammer metaphor? Because they could pound the claw. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Because they'd be worthy. We can lift Thor's hammer. Yeah, you're worthy. I know. But uh, we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna bring this to a close because uh, we're off on a good on a good place, and I don't want to ruin it. So uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history, from the Dorkening Network, 
hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It's been ten years. Ten years to plot and plan. And now, Debbie Wilkins is back. A decade after her killing spree on the set of The Bayou Butcher, Debbie Wilkins has returned to the spotlight. And she's getting the attention she craves. But will she bathe in glory or in blood? Debbie isn't the only one who's been plotting and planning. And when worlds collide, there's going to be a lot of collateral damage. Does Debbie have what it takes to stay on top? Or will she end up on the cutting room floor? Debbie Rashawn, Stormy Daniels, and Diana Prince lead a cast of badass women in Axe to Grind Part 2, coming soon. Support the Indiegogo campaign by joining the Facebook group, clicking the link, and choosing your perk. Want to be in a scene with Stormy? You can. Want her to kill you? That's up for grabs, too. How about your face in the movie, or your artwork, or your own music? All of these perks and more can be yours. Support indie horror. Don't make Debbie ask you twice. On June 27th of this year, 16-year-old Jack Weeks, excited to be out at the beach, ran to the water and dove in. But it was too shallow, and Jack landed awkwardly. He damaged his neck from his C4 through his C6 vertebrae. He was instantly paralyzed and unable to breathe. The quick thinking and fast action of some bystanders, which included some doctors, ER personnel, and everyday heroes who happened to be at the beach that day, saved Jack's life. Now he and his family face an uphill battle to pay for uninsured medical costs and the many changes that must be made to their home in order to facilitate Jack as he adjusts to this new chapter in his life. You can help by going to helphopelive.org backslash campaign backslash 17554 to donate, share, and learn more about Jack's situation. A link will also be in the show description. You can also choose to mail a check to Help Hope Live to Radnor Corporate Center, Suite 100, 100 Matsonford Road, Radnor, PA, 19087. Make checks payable to help hope live with in honor of Jack Weeks on the memo line. Anything you can do to help will be greatly appreciated by Jack and his family, especially his parents, Cammy and Kip. You might recognize Kip from his role in The Strangers and how active he is in the horror community and with our horror family. And now he's reaching out to us in the horror community as our horror family and relying on the kindness of strangers to help his family overcome this daunting adversity. Please share Jack's story and donate if you can. Thank you. Greetings, weary adventurer. Do you have a taste for the exotic? Do regular snacks no longer provide the thrill ye seek? Would ye rather eat a cod piece than another boring candy bar? Then it's time for ye to sink your teeth into mythical meats exotic game sticks. 
Mythical Meats offers a wide variety of exotic flavors based on creatures of legend to give you a snack experience of epic proportions. Like it hot? Try the Spicy Creatures Sample Pack featuring dragon, chupacabra, and werewolf. More in the mood for something a bit milder? Try the Creatures of the Sky Sample Pack with Pegasus, Griffin, and Phoenix. Can't decide on which one you want? Why not try the Exotic Flavor Sample Pack featuring all ten flavors so you can find your favorite. Go to mythicalmeats.com to see the full selection of flavors and place your order. All orders over $49 get free two-day shipping. Mythical Meats Exotic Game Snack Sticks. So good, they're legendary. say thank you to patsy and ashes for letting me do this um i didn't feel right recording an episode on this uh just because of like i know my feelings towards uh chadwick boseman dying it just wouldn't have um i don't know i would have got probably got way too emotional about it uh chadwick boseman was more than just black panther to me uh for me he was um a black man who epitomizes everything that i'd want from an actor in the position that he's in he played nothing but positive black characters uh he was never like chucking and jiving around he was never cooning he like picked his roles like perfectly he was thurgood marshall a man i looked up to since elementary school uh he played jackie robinson someone who's one of the most important sports figures of all time uh he went on to play black panther a character who helped revolutionize uh, characters for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, actually just um, comic book movies and just movies in general. Uh, the gentleman who plays, who will be playing Shang-Chi spoke up and tweeted saying, without Black Panther, there wouldn't be a Shang-Chi. The success of Black Panther helped people get their, helped, or will help a lot of characters get their things up. We'll see America Chavez um, get, a, get, a, get her own movie or, or program. Uh, Monica Rambeau hopefully will get her own her own um, movie. Um, who knows? Maybe uh, Luke Cage will get his own thing now. Granted, he had a show before Netflix, but Black Panther proved that there could be a leading black character and get the reception and um, people out to go watch the movie. Um, so for me, this was actually one of the few celebrity deaths that like really hurt me. It was difficult to see, like I like even now I'm still fighting back tears because like he was so important. And I remember seeing him in um earlier this year with all the weight loss and I was legitimately concerned because he didn't look well. Like, you know, I hope for the best, like, oh, maybe it's a movie role and you know, and like he's just like, you know, drop away for something. 
but you know, as we found out, that wasn't the case. So, um, for me, it was super sad. It's still, it's still unreal. Like you know, it's like sometimes, like you sometimes look up and go, "Oh, I forgot this happened." But it was, um, it happened in unfortunate. It's an unfortunate situation. Uh, but rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. He was an inspiration to me. I can think he'll. I know he'll continue to be an inspiration for everyone else. It was like the world stood still. And like it almost seemed like not like nobody else's problems mattered after what we just saw and um heard about. And like he affected like so many lives. Um, like I have uh, white friends who dressed it who whose kids wanted to be Black Panther and to me it was it was awesome. Like, you know what I mean? It like you know that we have now we have black kids who can like have a superhero look up and go, That's me. You know what I mean? I didn't really have that growing up. But like a lot of these kids will have that now. They'll be able to look at um Black Panther, Okoye, and Shuri and go, "Oh, that's me, that's me, that's me." He's a superhero I want to be. Um, and now you have now like you have an actor that you can look up and go, "Hey, like that's me. That's who I inspire to be." We don't just have uh, Denzel Washington. We now have Chadwick Boseman. So uh, rest in peace to him. And we're back. That was, uh, of course, our good friend Old Man Wade of the Old Man Wade Show uh, and BamSmackPow.com um, basically summing up uh, and and articulating way better than we could uh, his feelings on Chadwick Boseman and what Chadwick Boseman meant to uh, the black community. Um, you know, this, it's not something that we can really articulate the way uh, Old Man Wade did because we're not black. We can't understand the impact uh, the way it impacted him. And uh, especially as a huge comic book fan, you know, and a guy who grew up reading comics and continues to read comics. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much more you could even add to that. Like that could have been our entire episode is just that that voicemail. I mean, what it comes down to is the fact that we we can't speak for you, but we will gladly listen. Yeah, um, and we wouldn't we wouldn't speak for you. Like we'll just say, no. you know, how we feel, and and you know, we can kind of, you know, give you our thoughts and feelings, and you know what we've seen and and what folks have told us, you know, but. Like what old man Wade just said, there's nothing. There's nothing more. Like he's not even doing an episode on on Chadwick this week because it's still too raw to him, you know. So that's the type of of impact he had. The type of cultural impact that, you know. And he makes a great point. You know, Chadwick only played positive role models. You know, mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, and 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 um, T'Challa. Like that's. You know, there's so many times when a superhero movie, you have to get both sides of the character correct. And, you know, there are so many times where it doesn't always translate through. But I think, you know, he was both a good Black Panther and a good T'Challa. Like, he did both roles exceedingly well. And uh, he's definitely an actor that's going to be missed. So... Normally, we would be giving you uh, battle results right now, but we didn't think it would be appropriate. Um, we're kind of just going to you know, wrap things up. 
Uh, we've got some good stuff coming up for you, but uh, this this was a, an episode that we dedicated to Chadwick, and we're not really going to talk about anything else. So I think with that being said, we, we will, will see you next, next Thursday. Thursday. Wakanda forever.